0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This
1: is a recording
0: of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Adam Kligfeld and Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. Rabbi Klickfeld and I are going to tag team this teaching. Um, so I'm going to briefly introduce the topic and, and really kind of just remind us all of some of the elements of um, the laws around chametz, and then he's going to bring in a chiddish. He's going to have the mic drop moment. Um, <clears throat> or, or, yeah, or so we hope. Um, so you've already done this. But when you think about getting rid of chametz in your home, there are two reasons why we do it. Bal Yira'e and bal yimatzeh. We're not supposed to see it, and we're also not supposed to find it. So we go through probably weeks, if not days, of trying to get rid of the chametz that's in our house, whether by using it to, to make what I like to call like top chef or chopped meals throughout the week. You know, what do I have? How can I make it into a meal? Or by the time that it comes around to get rid of anything that you haven't been able to be creative with or get rid of, you, you either put it in a cabinet and then sell it so that it is no longer yours, Or after you've searched your home for chametz, you take some of it, as my teacher, Rabbi Aaron Alexander said, you don't take anything that's full, right? You don't want to take a loaf of bread. Some people do, but in terms of making sure that we're also not wasteful in the process, you take an amount of the chametz that you have found and you burn it. So we're getting rid of the chametz in many different ways, Right. First, we try to get rid of it just in the natural ways of getting rid of food, which is to eat it or give it away to those who are needy. And then we try to get rid of it by saying, okay, these cabinets, these drawers, I'm going to yeyush myself from them. Right? They're no longer mine. I am going to sell them. In this case, we sold our chametz to Hector to make sure that all of you no longer now own the chametz, but he does. So he's going to come over and have some of your whiskey later. But we make sure that it's no longer ours because though we're going to go through our home and we're going to check it in the dark with a feather and with a candle, we're going to to make sure that every little crevice is clean of chametz, there's still a chance that you overturn something and you find a cheerio. Or you find something in your house that you want to make sure that because of the prohibition of seeing or finding that it's no longer yours right, that it's actually, it's hectares, right, it's hectares to come and find and have. So in an age in which we are getting rid of the chametz in our house, in 2023, we're really lucky that we can go into Glotmart and push our way through the aisles and find supplemental snacks and food that we can then put onto our shelves to fill our week. So I'm just going to drosh on that for 30 seconds, and then I'll let Rabbi Klickfeld come up here. When we're doing that, as I mentioned to Rabbi Clifford when we were preparing this, it always seems quite silly, right? You end up buying things. If you were just going shopping on a random Tuesday for uh, the week ahead, you wouldn't necessarily think to yourself, oh, I really need that candy, or oh, I really need seven of those bags of chips, because what if I really want it and I should really have it during Pesach? But we do that. Right? We go through the aisles of Glatmart, or we go into stores where we, where we know how to buy things for Pesach, and we restock our homes with kosher for Passover materials, so that we can feel as though we are getting rid of the chametz, but we are replenishing our homes with that which we can't eat.
1: So as Rabbi Schatz alluded to... Although there is a meaningful and I think terrible financial oppression to Pesach, uh, with price gouging and the pressure that many people feel to put on uh, meals and to stock their cabinets with m- things that they may not specifically need, most people who are not indigent are able to fill the cabinets they have just emptied. And there's something beautiful about that, and to be living in this era where it can be that full and that varied. And yet, You know, there are memes out there. Someone tweets something particularly powerful or writes something particularly funny and says they broke the internet. The person who broke Pesach was the first person who made and sold kosher for Pesach breakfast cereal. When that happened, that changed elementally how a Jew approaches food and how a Jew approaches stuff on this holiday. Hold that for a second. We all sang last night, Abadim hayinu b'mitzrayim. We're all slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And of course, that phrase was born in the opening couple of chapters of the book of Shemot, of the book of Exodus, when our people were, woke up one day to a Pharaoh who wanted to scapegoat us and made us slaves for generations. That's where that phrase was born, right? Not right. That phrase, the notion of being slaves to Pharaoh, is earlier than the book of Exodus. It's earlier, actually, than the enslavement of our people. You might say that it's this, it begins with the land, by the enslavement by one of our people. If you look at, you don't have to look, but I'll say it to you, in the 47th chapter of the book of uh, Breshit, Parshat Vayigash, in the section where Yosef, uh, serving as Pharaoh's number two, possibly presaging what's going to happen, finds a way to get Egypt out of an economic crisis. But by getting Egypt out of an economic crisis, Joseph puts many Egyptians in an economic crisis. And the language is really evocative. It says in verse 25 of chapter 47, after the Egyptians, not, the Jewish, not those who are, who are Jewish, just the Egyptians have agreed to this economic terms where he's basically going to buy their food from them, and then sell it back to them at a great price. They say, Thank you, Yosef. You've given us life again. Now we'll find favor in God's eyes. And we're going to be willingly, happily, gratefully, servants or slaves to Pharaoh. In other words, because of the famine around us, we are willing to sort of indenture ourselves to a Pharaoh as a way of sustaining ourselves. But the first step towards the process of a people being unwilling servants and slaves is they're being sort of half duped into accepting it upon themselves somewhat willingly. According to um, Rabbi uh, Harold Kushner, this sets the tone on some level for what happens in the book of Shemot because Egypt remembered. Egypt remembered and sort of pinned it on Yosef. Egypt remembered that the way that they lost some of their economic power was because the person in power took, hoarded, filled up storehouses as much as possible, and used the power that comes with having more than someone else. And whenever you have more than someone else, you have some power. Dr. Raphael Magarik, who's a professor of English at the University of Illinois Chicago, makes the following insight related to this topic. Thus, the point of destroying chametz is rejecting such accumulation. Once a year, we rid ourselves of our surplus. We know on some level there's a relationship between a few stockpiling wealth and others being enslaved. We know that we ourselves, like Joseph, are liable to hoard. And we know the danger of such accumulation to create inequality. We know that slavery may start with someone else, but it will come back to haunt us. An injury to one is an injury to all, and we reject a world in which a few have much and many have little, when we burn our chametz, we commit ourselves to to bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old. Oh, would it were so. Oh, would it be that we could live a Pesach that's somewhat in line with the cautionary tale, that Yosef's power and Yosef's method of saving Egypt foretold for the Jewish people. And oh, would it be wonderful and holy if we could go back to an observance of Pesach in which it's not a competition for a new category of getting more, but rather an experiment in the noble reality of having a little less.